think a lot of people assume that everyone knows about money. Their families talk about money. They know how to use it. It's a big assumption. When I first started at UIDA, I was working in this a similar program, and I learned very early that not a lot of families talk about money, um, if you think about your own experiences. And so people don't, it's a very private thing. Um, maybe if they do something that gets them into trouble, they don't really want to reach out for help until it's too late. And so I think sometimes the biggest barrier for people is just knowing who to trust and to have those conversations around that. Um, and so I think that then leads people to maybe not have a bank account. Maybe their family never had one. Um, they don't, maybe they've learned how to budget in home ec class or something like that. I don't even know if they have those anymore. <laughs> um, you know, there's an app that they've been using, but there's not a lot of conversation about really what it means to manage your money and how you do that. Christy Lazar is the executive director of the Urban Economic Development Association of Wisconsin. UEDA is a 501c not-for-profit that, among their many missions, emphasizes and provides support for financial empowerment, including Take Root Milwaukee and what we're discussing today, Bank on Milwaukee. Christy, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So, Christy, what is financial empowerment specifically? Um, well, we like to think about it very broadly in terms of what are the ways that people can really engage and be financially healthy. So whether it is through banking, it's through credit, it's through managing their money every day, um, basically that they have access to and choice of the financial services and products that can help them stabilize and, and grow and build wealth. Um, what is the Bank on uh, program, Bank on Milwaukee specifically, but what is the Bank on program specifically? It's actually a national model program um, and really was designed many years ago to really encourage unbanked and underbanked people um, to get into banking. And one of the ways they did that was really work with financial institutions to develop accounts that were safe and affordable and easy to manage. And so these accounts have certain kinds of features. Um, that really make it easy for people to get into banking. And particularly for those for those who had done banking before, maybe it didn't work out, these accounts are designed to help people kind of get back into the financial system. Um, and since then, these coalitions have grown, and so they're really built around partnerships between financial institutions, community organizations, and government. Terrific. And <laughs> the question I have come across, and I, you and I may have discussed this elsewhere, but what is the aversion, do you think, that people have to banking in general? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I would think when we were talking earlier, I shared this story. Like, I think a lot of people assume that everyone knows about money. Their families talk about money. They know how to use it. It's a big assumption. When I first started at UIDA, I was working in this a similar program, and I learned very early that not a lot of families talk about money, um, if you think about your own experiences. And so people don't. It's a very private thing. Um, maybe if they do something that gets them into trouble, they don't really want to reach out for help until it's too late. And so I think sometimes the biggest barrier for people is just knowing who to trust and to have those conversations around that. Um, and so I think that then leads people to maybe not have a bank account. Maybe their family never had one. Um, they don't, maybe they've learned how to budget in home ec class or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't even know if they have those anymore. <laughs> um, you know, there's an app that they've been using, but there's not a lot of conversation about really what it means to manage your money and how you do that. I think we just assume people know that. So. Um, 
what's the alternative? I mean, people still, if you're working, you just get paychecks. What do they do as an alternative if they're not using a financial, uh, the financial system or banks specifically? You know, that's an interesting thing. A lot of times for people would get that check and then they would go somewhere where they could cash it and they'd often have to pay a fee. So whether that is a check cashing place itself or you go to a bank where you don't have an account, you might have to pay a fee. Um, there's, you know, lots of places that will, um, cash those checks. So if you have a bank account, those services are free, right? You can do that. But for many, many decades now, people have been doing direct deposit. And so that's the other benefit of having that bank account. You get your paycheck direct deposited. Um, there's no fee associated with that, but that is also a whole new system for people. And so I think we're seeing a lot of change. Um, a lot of there's mobile banking. You can Mm -hmm. access that information in real time. Um, there's a lot of apps now to manage the way you use your money. Those are not the same as a safe, affordable bank account. They're great ways to pay friends and family and vendors, but they're not the same as having your money in an FDIC-insured account. And what are some of the features of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of participating? There are how many banks in the Milwaukee area that are participating, or ballpark, yeah. financial institutions, I shouldn't just say. Right. Banks. We have close to 20 financial institutions that are um, actively engaged with our coalition. Um, about 15 to 17 have certified accounts. So they go through a national certification process. Um, participation in the coalition though, is really about being part of what we're doing. We're connecting people to resources. We're doing financial education. We're letting them know about the certified accounts. Um, the accounts themselves feature things like they don't allow overdraft fees. So that means you can't borrow against your account. Um, if you don't have the money in your account, it won't go through as a transaction. Um, but they're also low cost. They cost $5 or less per month. There's no minimum balance with most of these accounts. And they have no, like, like a very low minimum opening deposit amount, like $5, let's say. Um, And there's a lot of other features that come with other accounts, like mobile access and checklist payments and bill pay. And so they have all those things, um, but they also have these sort of guardrails, if we will, that prevent people from getting into like overdraft fees and all those things that kind of cause people to get in trouble with banking. Right. Um, Do you have any specific or general stories, obviously specific probably, if you need too much, uh, general stories about maybe uh, examples of people, uh, success stories or anything of that nature? Yeah, well, the the work that we do is really built around um, working with practitioners in the space. So we do a lot of partnerships. Mm-hmm. And so we've had some really great what we call banking integration projects that have occurred. So for example, we did a pilot with two um, youth serving organizations that were helping youth serving um, aging out of foster care. Mm-hmm. And so they need accounts and they need help on how to manage. Again, they're in a system that may not provide that information to them. They may not be with families who are helping them with that. And so that was really great. 55 young people last year not only opened their first account, a non-custodial, but they also got X amount of financial education throughout the year um, through their two partners. Um, we also have returning citizens. So those that are coming formerly incarcerated, haven't had a bank account maybe in a really long time or ever have always used cash. We are doing a, um, working on a pilot project, the Department of Corrections, and a couple other financials on that. And we're really excited um, because there's a lot of that safety of the account is really important. And so that's a great thing. We've had another sober living home. Um, So women who have really done a lot of hard work to get in that next best place. And so now they're getting a job and they're opening up an account and then they're establishing that relationship with a financial institution. 
Um, we've also had people that Constance's help, our bank um, program director, who got into, let's say, a check cashing cycle where they were in payday lending, where they had lots of fees, and it just got so overwhelming. Um, well, she kind of helped them figure out a plan to get out of that and then get into a bank account. And one of the things about banking is that it's not just the account. It's where you go from there with that account. Mm -hmm. So the information that you can gain from your banker, right, mm -hmm. the person who you can talk to and form a relationship with. Um, but then when you need to get a car loan, if you need to, you want to buy a home and you're not sure where to start, if you need a short-term loan, instead of going to a higher fee, your financial institution may offer a product, um, personal loans. So I think that's the... The stories we think of and the people we've helped, it's all about kind of that relationship that you establish yeah. and, you know, the people that you see maybe when you do go into the bank or the, the number you call and they've always been helpful, right? Those are the things that lead people to successful financial lives, I think. Yeah, and to have people that are in touch with being part of the community and being a community bank, right? community banks, knowing their customers and exactly. those types of things. Uh, and I don't mean to put you on the spot yeah. uh, from a statistical standpoint. Do you have any numbers like from when the program was first introduced in terms of participants, mm -hmm. not only just banks, but actual uh, people opening accounts? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the participants of the banks, when we started um, Bank on Greater Milwaukee launched in 2019, mm -hmm. the movement itself has been around since 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were six certified accounts in our market. We are now up to 15, maybe 16. Okay. So there, I feel like there's, like we were just saying earlier, there's a new account every yep. day. Um, I'm trying to remember. But there is actually a national data hub okay. that all these account openings are tracked through. So all of those financial institutions that get their account certified, the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis actually tracks the accounts. Okay. And if I'm remembering as of the 2021 data, it was just over 5,000 accounts have been opened in our market. And the interesting thing is they also track usage. Mm -hmm. So how many of those close, per se, and um, how many people go on to use other accounts and the average balance and things like that. And so what we're really getting a great glimpse into is how people are using these accounts. And one of the big takeaways over the last few years is that People start with these accounts, mm -hmm. and then they move on in that institution to other products and services. Terrific. Mm -hmm. Aside from just checking accounts. And uh, mm -hmm. um, and going back when we were talking about the check cashing, mm -hmm. we were talking about the fees are minimal for the bank on product right. requirement. Uh, check cash, do you have any idea how much it costs uh, typically for... Uh, that I don't. That's, that's yeah, funny. but I think it's more expensive than five dollars. It is. I mean, generally, um, you have to if you don't have an account somewhere, you're taking doing a certain percentage of the account, right. and if you're doing that every two weeks, that's the other thing to think about mm -hmm. how these fees build up over mm -hmm. time, and so that's the benefit of having a bank account is that you are saving yourself, you know, hundreds of dollars per year right. in fees. Right. So. And and we talked about a little bit uh, before we went on air was to, about the FDIC and kind of some of the changes that are going going on with right. regard to accounts in general and banks kind of uh, uniformly starting to offer m more accounts that are the uh, less adverse to charging the overdraft fees and the continuous mm -hmm. cycle of that almost uh, by requirement. So how do you, uh, which is great, obviously, right. I think that's important for the consumer to understand. How does that play into this and what's the next step then with the bank on product or the bank on program itself? Right. I think it's really about transparency and having access to choice as a cons consumer, right? Mm -hmm. And so the more institutions that sort of maybe 
hold off on those fees. They don't let them revolve over and over again. That's great. Um, I think the accounts that we have that are certified are still wonderful places to start for people. Um, and it's going to be an interesting conversation over time. Um, I think our coalition works because we can really talk through and think about how are people using these accounts and what can we do to kind of keep being there for people as their lives change. I mean, that's sort of the other, um, I would say, side of it is that over time, people's needs change, mm -hmm. where they are in their lives change. And so they may not need that account, but they may need another one. And having an understanding of what the fee structures are, mm -hmm. and you know, that's where your bank on coalition can help you compare. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're really excited about is we're going to be launching a new website for Bank on Milwaukee. And we are going to have all the accounts like on cards comparison and people can pick three and they can look at them by location. And um, and so for us, it's really about making sure people have choice of safe, affordable products that they can trust. Yeah. And that brings up an interesting point, too, is location. How does that play into it as well in terms mm -hmm. of if you're just not in you're in a neighborhood that just doesn't have mm -hmm. financial institutions? I'm assuming that happens from time to time right. or probably more than just from time to time. How can how can those people get access or how, mm -hmm. what would be a helpful way to make sure that they get the message and they don't necessarily have to be a block away, right. even if transportation or whatever? I'm... Yeah, I mean, I think with the um, advent of mobile apps, right, mm -hmm. and banking on your phone, mm -hmm. like, do you really need to have a bank location? I would argue yes, because at the end of the day, there's going to be at some point where you want to go and talk to somebody. And it's nice to just go in and talk to the person who's at the desk and ask them the questions. Um, but you can do so much. So I think when people think about location of banking, for them, it's um, maybe it's by where they live, mm -hmm. but maybe it's by where they work mm -hmm. because it's easier for them to go on their lunch break or by where they drop their kids off at school or childcare. And so, again, this becomes like, the ability to have a conversation with somebody and find out where they're at and what their needs are. And so, you know, let's help you find an account that's maybe the most convenient to you, given what your life looks like. Um, is it on Saturdays? So do they have to have like great weekend hours or something like that? So those are the things, again, that comes back to the transparency. I think mobile banking opens up a lot of opportunity. But I also think the in-branches, and you've seen how branches are transforming themselves. Mm -hmm. You have kiosks, you have people, you have mm -hmm. other things you can do there. Um, I still think they're critically important. And we do have things, if you want to say it, like banking deserts. We've mm -hmm. mapped them out as part of our coalition. And particularly in parts of the city of Milwaukee, there are long stretches. And then in our national network, rural areas struggle. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we have coalitions that... Don't have so you have to look for an institution that allows you to open a bank account online, mm -hmm. and what are the requirements for that, and can we do that? So sometimes it's the brick and mortar, but sometimes it's more about the presence of the institution and how they make sure they're there for their customers. Yeah, that's a great point. And the one other thing that I that's obviously taken precedent is these national online banks as well, mm -hmm. and some of the again that uh, the level of service that you're going to get on those national but regardless of whether the circumstances of it may be a free account mm -hmm. but again that level of service when sometimes things happen to where you need to have that communication with somebody so i think that sometimes falls into be a challenge as well right i know constance worked with somebody recently who had some issues with cash app mm -hmm. um you know and some of these are national banks that are online fintech if you want to call mm -hmm. it that you really have to check to see if they are regulated in the same way um, because if something does happen, you can't get in touch with somebody or it becomes this go-between. And um, she was contacted by Fox 6, actually, their mm. 
um, to, on this situation. And the person had lost their money from Cash App. And so we say it's not a great place to hold your money because it's not insured. It's a great way to maybe it's a tool you use to pay, make payments. But, you know, it's not a place where you want to keep your money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, those are the things, too, where, like, the person really struggled to get in touch with them to find out what had happened and to get the situation resolved. Yeah, that's a great point. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I might not need to have use the fire alarm, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure I can see the fire alarm. Right. right? And that it's working. <laughs> right. Exactly. right. And it's working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if if I were, uh, I've, and I'm sorry, I'm swerving all over the place, but it came to mind is what's the difference between unbanked and underbanked? Okay. Yeah. So unbanked is somebody who has no bank account whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? They're using pretty much cash. I think a lot of people assume that there's nobody out there that's doing that, but you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't trust financial institutions or any institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are not engaged in the financial services system. Underbanked is really more about maybe they have an account, um, but it's not they're paying a lot of fees for it. Right. So they don't realize that they have a minimum mm-hmm. balance. Um, and so they're underbanked because they're really not using the account in a way that benefits them. Or they're using some other financial service, but they're not, again, using a bank account in the way that really can help them you know, build wealth and get to that next place of financial stability. And so um, the FDIC does a great study every other year, and they track this unbanked and underbanked. But in our area, um, Milwaukee County, it's about 23% of people are either unbanked or underbanked. So it's quite a few like they're, yeah, they're paying a lot of they're paying a lot of their income for services that they didn't don't have to be. Interesting. Wow, that's very interesting and very telling. Um, so if I were to get started, what what do you think is the best first start for somebody who may mm-hmm. fall under one of those two categories? Well, um, if they're interested, they can check out our website. Um, so we have a list of certified accounts, and that is bankonmilwaukee.org. Um, and so the certified accounts tab, but our resources tab, which is also the great, has videos and have features a lot of partners. And then we make this my, um, smart money resource guide every year. It's a booklet. It's big, so it's hard to miss, but we give those things. We give away 7,000 of those in our community every year, um, English and Spanish. And so people can go there and check out a topic on each page. They can download the whole guide, um, and that is produced every year with coalition members and financial institutions like the Equitable Bank um, help sponsor that. And every year we're like, should we really be doing this? And every year our partner's like, no, no, please do. We give so many of those away. Um, but there are great ways for people to at least get a sense of where to start, And then they can contact us, and we are always happy to help make sure that maybe it's a financial institutional partner that we can connect them with or a community partner to start those conversations. Well, Christy, thanks so much for all the great work that you do, Uh, and thank you for joining us for the Smart Start podcast. Well, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity to talk about Bank On. (laughs) 